Good afternoon and welcome to yet another presentation of the Spring Colloquia brought to you by the School of Library and Information Science here at San Jose State University. I am Dr. Anthony Bernier and along with Dale David, our technical engineer, we are producing this series of presentations as part of our school's mission to be recognized as a leader in graduate education and library and information science and to better connect our faculty with students and the broader LIS community. Before we welcome Mary to the podium, please allow me a few commercial messages. You will find new colloquia presentations on the SLIS website at least every other week throughout the term, where you will also find webcast archive of all of our previous presentations on the SLIS homepage at slisweb.sjsu.edu. We also offer our colloquia as free podcasts. One can either subscribe to the colloquia RSS feed or visit the SJSU SLIS portal in the iTunes Music Store. Details can be found on the Colloquia page. Third, I would like to invite you to visit SLIS 21, the school-wide blog maintained by our Associate Director, Dr. Linda Main, on the school's homepage. SLIS 21 concentrates on school administration and development, and we invite you to suggest new classes as well. And finally, I'd like to call your attention to the school's most recent innovation, SLIS Life, our brand new social networking site connecting our community of students, faculty, staff, and alumni. SLIS Life is building a place where you will find people in the SLIS community with similar professional interests, profiles and blogs, people who live near you geographically, and alumni who want to connect with current students. You'll find a link to SLIS Life on the header of our SLIS homepage. If you plan to attend this, new, this November's California Library Association Conference in San Jose, or even if you are not planning to attend CLA this year, the faculty would like to extend a hearty invitation for you to join us for The Future is Within Reach, a night at the museum. The gala event will feature art, music, both silent and live auctions, wine and other tasty treats, and will take place on Saturday evening, 15 November, from 6 to 9.30, at the uh, San Jose Music uh, Museum of Art in beautiful downtown San Jose. Find out about the sponsorships and tickets through the SLIS store on our homepage. The Future is Within Reach uh, event represents our school's effort to dramatically increase student support, and so 100% of the evening's proceeds will go to student scholarships. Today is my pleasure to introduce the Assistant Director of Library Services at the Placer County Library, Mary George. So often, coastal people in California consider the state as two parts, north and south, yet California can also be divided into east and west just as reasonably to include the vast geographies east of Sacramento and points further east of the Sierra Mountains. Ms. George represents our first non-coastal colloquial speaker this year. Indeed, Mary grew up in the community she currently serves. As a youngster, she rode her horse to one of the branches in her system and was kicked out of another for, wait for it, giggling. Mary has worked for the Placer County Library most of her library career. She served as a library clerk in both the circulation and children's services departments, been the bookmobile driver, served as the branch manager, and as children's services coordinator, as well as currently serving as the assistant director of library services in Placer County. In addition to her day job, Mary also teaches library and information technology in the program at Sacramento City College. Moreover, she was recognized as a mover and shaker by Library Journal in 2003 
for her advocacy of pay equity for librarians in Placer County. And it's an interesting story, and I hope Mary will discuss that in some detail later, but in 2000, county officials promised salary increases. And while the county did compensate, uh, it did uh, raise its compensation as much as 25% for some, librarians received only 2.5% in 2000. And Mary was off to the races. Four years later, justice prevailed. I first met Mary at last year's CLA in Long Beach. Our current CLA president, Monique Lacan, who is also a part-time faculty here at SLIS, invited me to a party being hosted by Mary and her confederates to connect uh, administrators with some good new professionals. She said, we wanted, to, we wanted it to be an informal party. We saw it as more of an intimate thing, like a dorm room party. And so it was. Mary abides what she calls the alien abduction theory of management. Quote, if aliens come and abduct any of us, our library should be so intuitively organized that other librarians and clerical staff could easily adapt, run the show, and feel confident, unquote. Mary's topic today is, so you want to be an administrator. Please join me and the rest of the faculty in, in welcoming Mary to campus. Thank you, Dr. Bernier, for inviting me here today to speak about moving into administration. <clears throat> being a librarian and being an administrator is two very different things. They require different skill sets, and more importantly, it requires a whole different mind frame in which you view yourself, your organization, and the people that you work with. I am happy to share with you what I've learned, sometimes the hard way, about moving into administration. I've broken my subject today into five pieces. First, I'll tell you a little bit about Placer County and the Placer County Library. Then I'll discuss the differences between being a manager and an administrator. In a section I like to call, It's Lonely at the Top, I'll take a look at the social aspects of administration. Next, I'll address some skills and tools you may utilize as an administrator, including a section on power, politics, and public speaking. And finally, we'll look at potential career killers, or things you wanna, you're going to want to avoid doing if you want to keep your job and keep your career intact. Please feel free to ask questions anytime. I'm very interruptible. There will also be time at the end for discussion, and I can stick around if you'd like to talk one-on-one -on -one as well. Dr. Bernier told you a little bit about me, but what about where I work? Um, I've heard now that this whole East Coast or, you know, the East Side of California is a little elusive. So let me tell you why I like Placer County so much. Um, first of all, in the city of Colfax where I live, it always smells like camping. There's a lot of red dirt, real rich environment. There's bucolic hills that run throughout. There's some urban areas. But mostly it's the pines and um, being in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains that drive me. When I wake up in the morning, I'm a short walk away from a river where I can walk my dog. And it's just a lot of fun to be there. And I remember as a kid enjoying that river just as much as I do today. So that's one of the reasons that after I graduated from Berkeley that I wanted to come back to Placer County. And it's one of the reasons that I took, job, I took clerical jobs in order to stay in that area. Um, I work in the city of Auburn, which is the seat of Placer County. Um, Auburn is about 80 miles east of San Francisco and about 30 miles east of, of Sacramento. If you've ever driven from Los Angeles um, or the Bay Area to Lake Tahoe to the North Shore, you've driven right through my library system. 
Um, in fact, we even have two branches at Lake Tahoe in Kings Beach and Tahoe City. So it's a, it's a real shame when we have to go up there for meetings. I'm telling you, I just, I just hate it. Um, in fact, many visitors from the Bay Area have chosen to relocate to Placer County. It's been the fastest growing county in California for several years now. And we have a lot of um, transplants from Los Angeles and the Bay Area. Um, in fact, one of the cities in Placer County, the city of Lincoln, is still the fastest growing city in California. Um, Auburn in Placer County is considered the gold country. In fact, just a few miles from where um, I work in Auburn, gold was discovered by John Sutter. It's one of the oldest um, cities or towns in California. Um, Placer County also is predominantly white, uh, middle class, and is for the most part fairly politically conservative and definitely fiscally conservative, which in this day and age is really helping us. Now a little bit about my library. We have 43 full-time equivalent employees, 93 total staff. We have about a $6 million library budget, a $350,000 collection development budget. We service 11 branches and one bookmobile. Our smallest branch is in the unincorporated area of Penryn. Um, it's 856 square feet, and it has 9,200 items. Our largest branch is 16,000 square feet with 116,000 items, and it's in Auburn where I work. Um, we're considered a medium-sized county library system, and we have a secured portion of the property tax, which keeps us afloat. The branches are di as diverse as the areas they serve. All of the branch managers take tremendous pride in their facilities, staff, and collection. They often go above and beyond to keep things looking good, to provide exceptional service, and to remain warm and inviting. The collections are modern and popular, and we're very proud of that. And even in the tiniest spaces, our circulation reflects that our collections are popular. Now that you have an idea of where I come from, Let's talk about what I think I know about administration. So you think you can administrate. Three years ago, I thought the same thing. I moved from managing the second largest branch in our system, the Rockland Library, to the position of assistant director. I felt really ready to take on a new challenge. I'd been the branch manager in Rockland for about 10 years, and I'd seen the circulation there increase by 300%. Um, like I said, it was a growing area, so the, the city of Rockland um, population increased by 300%. So it was a real fun time to be involved in that library. Really nothing I could have done at that time would have been seen as a failure. It's hard to have a failure when there are so many people moving in and wanting library service. So I kind of had, you know, some confidence behind me and I thought, you know, I, I, I think I want to do this administration thing. So I went and I completed an executive leadership program that the county was offering, and that was very helpful. I thought I was prepared, you know, because I had had the success and I had taken this course, but the job skills ended up being very different, and it took me probably a year until I got my sea legs as an assistant. So what's the difference between managing a branch and being an administrator? When you're a library manager, you advocate and think for your branch and your staff. It's an inward process. And you trust administration to kind of go out there for you and get the resources that you need to do your job. Um, in a way, you're freer to explore ideas and to try and fail at different models and methods. And managers take care of day-to-day -day operations. 
um, they manage and view the organization, like I said, from the inside out. And they supervise the work of people. Okay, well, when you're an administrator, you probably do very similar things as well. But here's where the different com difference comes in. You have a lot of areas and services and branches for which you advocate. You're trying to maintain funding and services while planning for an uncertain future. That's probably the hardest part for me. You think outwardly, so you are always looking for trouble or rewards right over that hill or right around that corner. And you have to be more conservative in your approach. And you have to anticipate the changes that may occur moments before they occur. Um, administrators lead organizations. So who's a leader and who's a manager and what's the difference? Managers manages, manage process and people. This is how I look at it. Um, they kind of want to create a consensus and harmony. And it's a more collaborative and democratic approach. Leaders have followers. That really is the difference. Um, leaders represent not only the library, but they also represent the communities and, in my case, the counties they work for. As a leader, it's all about organizational view um, and vision and the goals of the organization. That's where that term big picture comes in. And I think what they mean by big picture is that leaders think in terms of building blocks. And I think of building blocks as positive things. If I do this and this, this is going to happen. If I do this and this, and you're thinking of moving up in this building block way, but they also think in terms of dominoes. If I stop doing this, how is it going to affect all of the rest of it? So you're constantly thinking in these positive and negative terms. How is what I do now going to affect the future, not only of the place that I'm doing it to, but of the entire organization? This is a huge philosophical shift to make from being a manager to being a leader or an administrator. Assistant directors like me, in many ways are still managers. We maintain operations while also trying to learn how to be an administrator and how to be an effective director. To us, it's all about library staff and ensuring that they have what they need to do their jobs. <clears throat> but it really needs to be about the organization first if you're a leader and an administrator. And sometimes I feel as if I'm straddling both worlds right now. It's not easy, and it's especially not easy if you're someone like me who's grown up among the ranks. Um, I supervise many of my teachers and friends who I've known along the way. Um, a few months ago, an intern that I was working with, Vanessa Uribe, uh, sent me a really unique questionnaire asking me about my management style. She asked me to pick either what's love got to do with it or all you need is love. She asked me to pick one of those song titles that would reflect my management style. And I went without even thinking to All You Need Is Love. Um, it's always been about the people for me. And when I shared that with my director, Mark Parker, he went straight for What's Love Got To Do With It? He's a very seasoned um, administrator, very seasoned leader. And so that's kind of the dynamic that I'm working in, is trying to figure out how I can make a balance between all you need is love and what's love really got to do with it. Um, I think that I, that I need to come up with some kind of way to manage those two worlds.
And I urge you to ask yourself, if you want to be an administrator, do you have what it takes? Do you want to be friends with everyone? Um, can you put the organization before the individual? Can you keep a secret? Because you're going to hear a lot of things that are confidential. Are you tactful? Can you make big, independent decisions? And if not, can you change? And can you learn from the mistakes that you may make? Do you want what it has to offer? This might even be a more important question to ask about, you may have the skill sets, but do you want it? And it's not like it's your Brad Pitt or anything, where the paparazzi is going to follow you around and you know your life is going to just ultimately change. But there are some things that you're going to have to, to, um, to, to change. Um, it's lonely at the top. You're going to have to separate yourself from the people that you supervise. Um, you're going to have to make the organization come first before the individual. Um, it's a less secure position. Um, in my position, I'm at will. So that means that I'm not represented by a union and I'm not protected by a union. So if I make a serious mistake, um, you know, I could be hitting the door. You're not going to get a lot of hugs and you're going to get very few thank yous. I mean, when I was a children's librarian, I loved that. Kids would come up and hug me. They'd put away their carpet squares. They, you know, they would just love it. When I was a reference librarian, often people would say, thank you so much for finding this for me. You're not going to get a lot of that. Um, you're going to get a lot of, what is it that they do all day up there? Or what's happening? Or, you know, there's a lot of suspicion that, ha that happens around administration, a lot of speculation. So you're going to feel very misunderstood. And one of my favorite um, sports quotes that um, I, I enjoy is, you won't be able to drink with the players anymore. So if you're used to kind of going out and hanging out with your friends that you work with, you're going to have to separate yourself from that. You're going to have to you know, know that your friendships might suffer because of um, your position in the organization. Your boundaries with your coworkers change when you become an administrator. And you don't want your staff who are your friends to feel as if they have an advantage over something that may be happening. Maybe there's a promotional opportunity. And you certainly don't want to feel like you need to give your friends an advantage. So you need to be very aware of these things. Okay, now we're going to talk about the skill set you're going to need. You're going to need some psychology 101. You're going to need to know what motivates people because that's what you're going to be doing a lot of as an administrator. You're going to need to know why they fear change and how to make that stop. You're going to need to communicate a lot. And even when you think you're communicating too much, you're going to need to do it some more because not everybody's going to hear you the first time. And communication is the heart of customer service. And if you, as an administrator, work for your staff and work to get them resources, you need to communicate what you're doing for them. You need to give them back the, exactly what you expect from them when they help the customers that come into the library. You need to care about the people that you supervise. And what I mean by that is you need to give them good job descriptions and you need to give them honest performance reviews and feedback. Even if it's hard, you need to be very calm and centered. Mark tells me all the time that we're the people who get paid to keep our heads when everybody else is losing theirs. 
don't rush to decisions. And ask questions and then ask some more. Often waiting and just listening will give you enough information to at least go back and figure out what you want to do. But don't let somebody make you make a rush decision. You need to base your decisions on facts. Okay, you're going to need some technology 101. You need to have the technological core competencies for the position you want, not for the position that you have. Um, you need to know Excel, you need to know PowerPoint, you need to know design, you need to know the fads and the trends that are coming out of technology because you don't want to be at the mercy of another person in order to um, project your skills or your ideas. Um, you need to know what the best practices are. You need to have some kind of idea of what other libraries are doing out there and how well they're doing them. You need to know when to be out in front with technology and when to kind of lag back and see what's happening. Maybe you want somebody else to make the mistakes that you can afford to make. Or maybe you, you want to just stamp out, step out of the way so that somebody can really um, hone something until you go in and buy it. My, my dad was a mechanic. He said, never buy the car the first year it's produced. Because they're, they're going to need a couple of years to work the bugs out. You need to have some kind of love of learning. And you need to have a willingness to suck it up um, when you're asked to do something that you may not understand about technology. And a good example is I heard a story the other day about a young woman who got a professional job with the state and her boss asked her to produce a brochure um, with Adobe Illustrator. She had no idea how to use Adobe Illustrator. So instead of going to her boss and saying, I don't know how to use this, I don't know what to do, I need someone to help me, she went out and found an Adobe Illustrator book. She learned how to do it over the weekend. She produced six different brochures and showed them to her boss. She, her boss was so impressed that she had done this on her own that she reimbursed her for the books that she purchased and praised her work. And now she's built a relationship with her, with her boss where her boss knows she can always count on her to kind of go out there and learn those skills. And the last thing you're going to need is you're going to need budgeting 101. And one of my questions is, why does budgeting have to be so complicated? And I think one of the reasons it has to be complicated is to ensure the integrity of the process. Um, you need to be a little bit afraid of the budgeting process. You know, people do get busted you know, for, for mismanaging money. Um, you need to know that not knowing the law doesn't mean you can break it. So there, there is a definite respect when it comes to the money. And you need to know where your money comes from. You need to know who controls it. You need to go, know where it goes when you spend it. Um, you need to know who can spend it. And you need to know if that's the best way that you're spending it. So you always have to be aware, especially in a county system of the public trust, um, you need to know how to get more money. And you need to know financial jargon, because you have to build relationships of trust with financial people. And it also helps to build your own confidence. OK, this next section is what I consider to be your toolbox that you're going to need. These are all the things you're going to need to put in your toolbox to keep you from losing your mind and to also help you when you get into a jam. You need to get some trusted professional friends who are fun and smart. You have to have somebody to talk to. You need to be, they need to be at the same level as you, or they need to be in a different organization because you're going to need to have to keep those confidences. Um, the reason that I'm here today is because of my friend Rachel. 
um, she introduced me, introduced me to Dr. Um, Bernier. And the reason that I'm teaching at Sacramento City College is because of Rachel. Rachel couldn't do it, so she recommended my name. You need to have colleagues that will help you and give you opportunities. And you need to open opportunities for your friends and colleagues. You need to get a mentor or two or three, and they don't necessarily have to be your boss. Um, and you need to learn a little bit from each one of them, not only about how to be as a manager and an administrator and a leader, but some of the things that you may not want to do. Um, nothing solidifies that for me than seeing it over and over again. Wow, I really don't think I want to be that way as a manager. Um, you need to get some outside interests or, you know, as they say, get a life. You need to have something besides work because you want to be an interesting person to your, to your colleagues and to your staff. You need to make mistakes and pick up the pieces. It's always better to be right, but if you're not, then you need to not blame others or come up with excuses. You need to know your facts and get some stats, and you need to be able to analyze data. You need to admit when you're wrong and say you're sorry. You need to delegate to and teach others and then get out of their way. You need to make sure you delegate the authority that goes with the task. You need to know your limits, your weaknesses, your strengths. You need to be self-aware and you need to be introspective. Walt Whitman said, an unexamined life is not worth living and I really believe that. You need to build your reputation. Um, with other county departments and with your colleagues and you do that by being responsive, friendly and approachable and knowledgeable, all the things that you ask of your staff. You need to interact with your colleagues in an informal way or in a professional organization. You need to know that the media can and will kill you and you need to practice how to deal with them. Um, you need to know and understand that no one is indispensable. And one of my favorite things um, that I discussed with my director is he says you need to ask yourself often, what would I do if the financial person quits tomorrow? What would I do if one of the branches burnt to the ground? You need to run scenarios in your head so that you build up some confidence to be able to act in an emergency situation. And it really does help. Hopefully none of those things will ever happen. But if they do, you'll be prepared. You need to know your library stats inside and out, and you need to keep them in your mind's eye at all times. This will really help when you want to advocate for your department. But you need to know how many programs you have, who comes to them, your circulation statistics, you need to know your technology, you need to know your communities, you need to give really good reports to your library advisory board and um, to your friends of the library. You need to build solid relationships with other county departments or city departments. You need to know who works in procurement and in facilities and in the information technology department so you have somewhere to go when you need some help. You need to know your government officials. You need to advocate in a positive manner. And let me tell you a story about my students at Sac City. Um, one of them gave, an, there were four of them, they were library technicians in the city of Davis and they gave a presentation and they had lost all of their librarians and quite a bit of their funding. And they gave this oral presentation that 
was perfect for advocacy. Even though all of these horrible things had happened to them, they did nothing but talk about the service that they still could provide. And it, it made me want to give them money myself. And I can't, even, I can't even express to you how important it is to advocate in a positive manner. Grim things are going to happen, but you need to spin those grim things into a positive. People can hear that. You need to tell your story. And you need to offer your help to others. You need to show them what librarians have to offer other county departments. Um, often they don't know what our skill sets are, but we do have a lot to offer. Now, probably off to, off to one of the most important things and the end of my speech, um, the risky business career killers. Don't do these. And this is, some of these I've learned from experience. I'm not going to tell you which ones. But um, it's very important that you, that you adhere to these. Don't lie. Don't fake your way through. Don't make it all about you. Um, administrators, they've got some egos. So you have to keep your ego in check. Don't be defensive, aggressive, mean, arrogant, or whine. Don't forget who you work for. And don't forget who your boss is. Um, always be prepared for meetings, discussions, and presentations. Not being prepared can really hurt your career. Don't blame others for errors in judgment or mistakes. Don't steal ideas without giving other people credit. Don't check out from your responsibilities by not returning calls or emails. Forgetting the ideas of your staff and burying them on your desk. Not doing what you said you would do and in the time you said you would do it. Not delegating without checking in or delegating without also giving the appropriate authority. Ignoring community issues. Don't minimize staff comments or concerns. Don't not train other people to do your job. Um, don't isolate yourself from your staff, your colleagues, and from other departments. I know that's a lot of don'ts. And I didn't mean to scare you off administration because administration is extremely rewarding. Your ideas are realized, and you are moving a whole organization forward with what you do. And you're surrounded by interesting and smart people who also enjoy administration and librarianship. So in conclusion, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you today. I've learned a lot about myself and about my job by putting this together. I wish you all the best as you pursue librarianship. It's such a wonderful career. And I offer you any support that you may need along the way. Please feel free to come see me in Placer County. And thanks again for having me. I'd be happy to take questions. It's always hard for the organization when any kind of budget cuts happen and we have to make those big decisions. But personally, probably the most horrible thing that's happened to me is when I've inadvertently breached a confidence um, or talked to a certain group of people about something and not another group of people. And so my communication got messed up. Um, one of my really good friends, um, Jeff Atkinson, gave me a little, um, you know, a little war guy. He's the radio guy. And he always says that in the war movies, the, the communication guy is always the first person to be killed. And so I keep that on my desk to kind of remind me to communicate, communicate, communicate. Sometimes I, I don't do that so well.
And um, so that's the most horrible thing is when somebody comes up to you and says, you never told me. So, and I guess if that's the most horrible thing, I'm, I'm doing okay so far. Mind reading, that would be awesome. Um, the ability to turn back time, just in case you, you know, something comes out that you really don't want it to have happen. Um, if I could turn trash into gold, that'd be awesome. That would help a lot. Um, that with great powers comes great responsibility, as Spider-Man would say. So, yes, I would say that's true. But um, it's it's a little bit different in my organization because my director is approaching retirement, and so he he spends a, a good amount of time bringing me into his process, trying to teach me, you know, what it's like to be a director. And that's why I feel like I'm kind of straddling both worlds. And that, in there lies the dilemma that I'm not sure, I'm doing the operations, but I'm also doing the administration, so I have to be very careful about which hat I'm wearing that day and how I'm interacting with the staff. Um, the executive leadership program that I went through with the county was was definitely helpful and a, and a stepping stone. Um, I've taken a, um, a course on budgeting um, with a consultant through the CPLA program, Certified Public Library Administrator program that um, PLA puts together. I definitely think that our professional organizations have some good workshops that you can take. But honestly, there's not a whole lot out there right now that gives you the practical um, experience that you're going to need. Because every city and every county is so vastly different. Um, what I really need to do is to focus on what the, the county executive wants in my county and what they expect from an administrator. So I'm often out there kind of looking in other departments for cohorts and friends who are going to share with me what is the dynamic that's going on in Placer. If I was going to leave Placer and wanted to go somewhere else, I would take as much coursework as I could on technology, on budgeting, and, um, and on any kind of administrative work. And I would definitely put myself out there and lecture and, um, and learn as much as I could about from the directors that are getting ready to retire, for upcoming directors, about what they needed and what kind of skill sets they needed. I hope that answers your question. I think that supervisors are smart in a way that they're, they're as clever and they're as involved as the people that they allow to be around them. And so what I mean by that is that they're constantly looking for the best idea wins. They're constantly um, kind of shaping and molding the people that they work with um, to move up. You, I mean, you're only as good as the people that, are, that, you're, that you're helping behind you. And I think they really have that, that kind of idea. Whereas when I think of a boss, I think of more of somebody who directs or dictates or, um, you know, maybe doesn't, doesn't do that nurturing, doesn't have that nurturing experience. Well, first I have to put a shout out to my friend Chris Christman. He's the Placer County Law Librarian and he was my, um, my colleague that did all the pay equity work with me. Um, we worked for four years um, with the union and with personnel representatives to um, 
to look at an external and an internal salary adjustment, um, we, we found that we were being compared, librarian salaries were being compared to other counties that surrounded us, and those counties were paying very poorly. And so we could never get out of that cycle of being compared to the poorly um, paid counties outside of us. And so we, um, we urged the, the union to take up our issue, and they renegotiated our salaries um, outside of the contract. And we also looked at a, an internal equity. Like, I wanted to see why is the assistant director of personnel paid so much more than the assistant director of library services? Um, and then when you look at the education requirements, why is that so vastly different? And um, we, had, we had a good deal of success with that. We ended up getting, um, getting our librarian salaries up by 25%. So, but it did take a long time. And I, I do feel still that that sometimes um, librarianship and um, the library department is not, you know, it's not high on the totem pole, you know, with respect or prestige. So we, we always have to fight for the best analysts and the best personnel reps and the best, you know, people that they have to offer. I do think there's a difference, you know, when you work in the, you know, if you're in a bigger library system, you obviously have bigger responsibilities, you have more branches, you have more employees, but you also have more resources. So that may balance out. The, the thing that I really like about working in a medium-sized library is that I, I feel like I'm spread, but I don't feel like I'm spread too thin. If you were, if I was supervising 20 branches, um, just myself, how do you get out to all those branches? How do you stay connected? How do you, how do you keep your, you know, your skill set up so that you know what's happening with everything. I like having my finger in all the pies. I pretty much know, you know, what's happening with my, with the people that I supervise, and I like that. But I wouldn't mind having the resources. And I think that between a county and a city, um, you know, the city is a sales tax, the county is a property tax, counties tend to have less money, you know, always, fewer resources then. But it kind of makes you scrappy. You got to fight for it a little bit harder, um, but you know, city's got to fight hard too. They got to put themselves up against police and fire, and you know, that's that's not an easy um, easy game to win either. So, since I haven't worked in a big library system, this is all just speculation, but. Lucky for me, I like um, to travel to all the branches. You know, I mean, when um, Dr. Bernier introduced me, you know, like seriously, my horse, I used to ride my horse to a library, I did. <laughs> and that library's still there. And so I, when I go there, it brings back all these great memories for me. So going out to the branches is not a problem. I don't get to do it as often as I like unless I schedule it. And that's what I found to be the difference is how I do everything is I, half an hour I'm going to do this every day, an hour I'm going to do this every day. I have to schedule in the visits or, you know, they, they take back seat. And as much as I've been touting, you know, communication, they should never take the back seat. 